This is the How'd You Get Into That Podcast with Graham Baldwin, episode 57. Let's do it. Welcome to the How Did You Get Into That Podcast. Each week, we want to bring you an inspiring interview or encouraging message to help you find and do work you love. Now, here's your host, Grant Baldwin. What is up, my friends? Welcome to another delightful episode of How'd You Get Into That. My name is Grant. It is great to have you here on this beautiful fall day. Hope you're doing well wherever you are in the world, however you may be doing. Honored to have you here with us, hanging out with us today. Hey, we've got a great show for you, a great episode for you today. It's one on a subject and topic, an industry that several of you have been asking about. So excited to bring this gal's story and journey to you today. Hey, before we get into that, I do want to let you know that next week, next Tuesday, we're going to be doing a, a free webinar for you, December the 2nd. One of the big questions that we get a lot of times from people is, how do I figure out what I'm passionate about? I have no freaking clue what it is that I'm passionate about, or I've got 948 different things that I'm passionate about. How do I pick which one makes the most sense for me to pursue and to go down that path? So we're going to be spending some time talking about that, dialoguing on that, take some time for your questions as well. Again, that's going to be next week, uh, free webinar, December the 2nd on discovering and determining your passion. It's totally free, but you do need to register for that. You can go to grantbaldoncom slash webinar. Again, that's grantbaldoncom slash webinar. We're getting ready to do uh, one more giveaway uh, before the end of the year that I'm super pumped about. So I'll just tell you, I'm going to tell you about it later. All right. We got to get to the interview here. We got some good stuff for you today. Hey, today, uh, one of the industries and topics and subjects that people have been asking about is the entertainment space. If I wanted to get into the entertainment industry, which is a, you know, it's a, it's a pretty wide spectrum. There's a lot of things you could do within that space, but we've found a super smart, super sharp gal who knows her stuff in this world, really does some cool stuff. So today we're going to be interviewing and chatting with Lacey Ursioli, who done a few different things. She's worked for Warner Brothers worked with Disney, worked with Cirque du Soleil. She worked with the Jabberwockies, that dance crew that you may or may not know that I actually I could have been a part of. You know, they wear the mask, so you don't know. So uh, you'd have to do your research to find out that I was, in fact, not a member of the Jabberwockies. But anyway, let's get into it. Great show, great interview. Here is my friend Lacey. Enjoy. All right, what is up? Welcome to another episode of How'd You Get Into That? Today we are joined by my friend Lacey Ursioli, who uh, has had her hand in a few different things, but really uh, has got most of her, her experience in the entertainment world and marketing and a cool journey we're going to get into today. So Lacey, what is up? Welcome to the show. What up? Thanks for having me. I'm so excited to be here. So excited. Yeah, I do that. I'm so excited. Let it out. Get it all out of your system now. (laughs) (laughs) <laughs> so I know that you, you've been working for a little while in the entertainment world, especially in Vegas. So give us a snapshot yeah. of what your corporate world has been like. Sure. I started my corporate journey very young, like 18, 19 years old, uh, working in the gaming industry. Most people hear that and they think it's video games, but I was working in the slot machine casino industry. I'm here in Vegas. That's kind of a typical journey that anybody who grows up here goes through. You work at a casino, you work at a, you know, you work at a hotel and you experience what it's like to work in the travel and tourism industry. So I started my career really young, fell into marketing, didn't go to school for marketing, didn't have any formal training. I just always had a passion for it and thought it was cool. And I had a company in town that enjoyed my personality and was willing to give me a chance and let me learn on the job, which was really fortunate to me. Worked in the casinos for off and on 9, 10, 12 years um, as casino executive and a marketing. I ran player development, doing all kinds of that stuff. 
tried to get out of the casino side and then found myself working for the gaming manufacturers, the people that actually make slot machines, the machines that everybody thinks they're going to win at and they actually inevitably lose. Shocking. Um, yeah, exactly. Bounced around in that world for a little bit, all very corporate, all very, you know, IBM style kind of cubicle land, which wasn't really for me. Um, so I started to kind of figure out, you know, if I'm going to do this corporate world thing, because at that point, I didn't really realize that I had the potential to be an entrepreneur. I was still pretty young in my career. So I started to think, you know, if I'm going to do this thing, I don't, I don't want to be working in the gaming industry anymore, because I'm just not passionate about it. It's cool. It's really awesome. But it's just not for me. So I started to kind of dig deep and figure out like, what kind of company or industry would would I like to work for? Prior to doing any of this career stuff, I was a, a dancer. I did a lot of theater. My parents were uh, my parents had a traveling show band. So I grew up as a show business kid, traveling and performing on stage nice. with my family and doing all that. So that's like in my blood, right? Like that's what I'm made of. You just have to so dance. Started, you just you yeah, just got you just know, gotta like, you know I sometimes I feel that in my soul. The problem though is I can't dance. Oh, well, that's not a good thing, my it's friend, not, but I could certainly not. teach you some basic lessons no, like no. that movie Hitch where he taught the guy a step uh, one, yes, step two. This is true. This is true. Hands. So I, I'm uh, I'm the Kevin James character for sure. That would be you, my friend. That would be you. So as in that process, I started to kind of do some digging and, and, you know, I'm a big believer in put it out into the universe. If you want something and you really are passionate about it, say it out loud, talk to your friends and believe that you are worthy of whatever that thing is. So for me, it was, man, I really think if I could just marry my marketing, my love of marketing and my 10, 12 years experience, marry that with my love of the entertainment industry, there's got to be a job out there that I can find that will allow me to do both, right? That they're, they're going to want my experience at the casinos, but they're also going to want my entertainment, and my passion behind my entertainment mind and my passion behind it. Lo and behold, like two months after I started to say that out loud, I was presented with an opportunity to go to work for Cirque du Soleil in Las Vegas, which is their resident show's headquarters. So you know what I mean? Like you say it out loud, you, you go, hmm, I wonder if this would work. And then boom, it's presented to you. You know, you just have to be ready to, and willing to accept it. So um, was given that opportunity, uh, went to Cirque du Soleil. I ran, uh, I was a director of marketing for the resident shows division, which is any show that doesn't tour. So basically gotcha. every show in Las Vegas, which at the time was like seven or eight or nine. And then we had shows in New York, we had shows in LA and we had a show in Orlando. So I was overseeing marketing for all of those. So you had your hands in a lot of stuff. Yeah, I was a little bit busy, a little bit busy. Just a little and bit. You know, I mean, and Cirque du Soleil is an incredible company, extremely innovative and creative, but they're also a 900 pound gorilla. And much like many other entertainment companies, you know, you on the outside looking in, you're going, oh my gosh, you're working for Cirque du Soleil. You must like be doing trapeze acts in the office and juggling at your desk and all these things. And you're like, so glamorous. Yeah. Everybody thinks it's so freaking amazing. And it was, there were some cool, cool things that I would have never been able to do in my life had I not had the... Cirque du Soleil name next to my title on my card, right? However, it just, they kind of got in their own way. Like they really didn't know how to make decisions as a big company and maneuver and pivot that company for growth. They really kind of maintained operations as if they were still a 60 piece traveling circus kind of thing. So right. it, that kind of got in the way of, I think, some things. I worked there for a couple years, loved it, had an amazing time. But I also all along was kind of like, maybe this, like, I'm kind of at the top, right? I'm like, I'm like, got a nice title, making good money. And I'm working for this big bougie company. And I'm just still not really fulfilled. Like, what is going on here? I'm doing passionate stuff that I love, dance and acrobat and gymnast and art and beauty and entertainment and marketing and all of it in one. And I was just kind of like, yeah, it's cool. I don't know. It's yeah. cool. And I, I feel so selfish. 
even saying that. You know what I mean? Like some people would die for that job. Some people would give their right arm for that job. But I just, I got it. I got what I needed from it. And then I was kind of like, okay, what's next for me? You know? Yeah. Yeah. You know, I was just talking with someone earlier about something similar where they were in a job that they liked. There was nothing wrong with the job at all, sure. but they just kind of got to a point where the challenge kind of exceeded the skill set. And like, Absolutely. it was like, you could do it, but like, it's the type of thing where you've done it long enough where you could probably just go on autopilot and still do a great job. Yeah. But inside yeah. you're just like, ah, it's not really doing anything for me, you know? Yeah. Uh, but yeah, I, and, I, and autopi- autopilot doesn't work for me. I don't know about you, but I don't do right. well on autopilot. I, yeah. I get very bored and very antsy and very angry. <laughs> <laughs> Throw the anger factor in there too. Well, well, and I like too one of the things that you alluded to earlier that whenever you're saying from the outside looking in, Cirque seems like this amazing dream job. And like, why wouldn't you want to work there? I think that's the way it is with like any type of career profession. There's some things from the outside looking in, you're like, that seems amazing. But when you see behind the curtain, there's still parts of it that are still just a job. Parts of it that are just like, ah, this is not what I signed up for. This sucks. I got to deal with people and I got to deal with all this other crud that I didn't, I didn't anticipate, but it is part of it. You know, most of the what I do, I really, really like, but it's yeah. not the rainbows and kittens and puppies and trapeze yeah. acts at all that, that people might think it is. You got it. Yeah. It's so funny. I'll tell you a quick story. If you don't mind, I started, I'm, I'm going to do it anyway. Even if you don't tell me, you no, don't do mind. it. No, I was waiting for it. I started with the company at Cirque du Soleil. I started and I had only been there about two weeks and they don't do a huge like on, like there's a couple of classes you take when you start to learn about the culture and all these things. But essentially you're kind of like figure yourself out. So I was at the company like two weeks and my boss came to me and goes, Hey, there's this thing down at the Bellagio. They asked us to speak at this event and we told them no, but the person who we said no to put our name in the program anyway to help book people. (laughs) And now we're obligated to go and speak. Otherwise, it looks as if Cirque didn't show up. So do you mind going and speaking to this event? And I was like, I mean, yeah, I've only been here. What am I even talking about? Right. So I so he says, oh, it's Mark. Just talk about whatever you want. They don't really care. They just want us there. They want our presence. Okay, I'm only here two weeks. Like, I don't even really know anything about the company or the culture. I'm still kind of he's like, you'll be fine. Okay, so I go to this event and I roll in there and I'm told that it's about 50 people. So I'm like, I can handle 50 people. I got that. No problem. I show up with gifts and all this stuff. I'm stoked. It was 250 people. (laughs) It was a room of people expecting me to speak on a specific subject, which was um, how to infuse creativity into setting up events or something. I came (laughs) with a full presentation, full PowerPoint deck that I put together on marketing. So I walk in the room, I see the sign on the door and I'm like, oh boy. And then I get up to the stage and I'm like, oh Lordy, what am I? I'm winging it basically at this point in time in front of 250 people, not 50, but 250. And I get up there, I'm sweating. I can't even, my voice is shaking. All this stuff happens. So the only thing that got me through this, and there's a reason and a point to me bringing this up is... I basically abandoned my slideshow about two to three slides in once I realized like these people don't care what I'm talking about, how we market and how we know our audience and all these things, right? Pull the ripcord. Totally. And then I just basically was like, why don't we just go around the room and answer questions about the company and this and that. And I kid you not, every question was about what's it like working there? How do you get a job there? Because everybody in that room, all 250 people were so eager to learn about how does one even make it past the threshold of this circus environment that you're in. So I completely made up from the toenails to my follicles of my hair, made up every answer because I didn't know because I'd only been there two weeks. I told people, it's amazing. You're juggling at your desk. 
desk and you're, I totally lied to these people because I had no idea what to do. Right. It was the only way to survive was I fed into their rainbows and puppies and, you know, clown hats and circus folk like dreams of what Cirque might be. You so, know, you yeah. know, one of those people probably got a job at Cirque at some point. And they're like, wait a oh, minute. Man. This isn't like, what she told me. To me. Exactly. And I felt so bad because after the thing was done, I ended up talking over an hour and a half. I was only supposed to talk 30 minutes, but these people just kept coming at me, coming at me. I was hoarse. I had no voice at the end of it. I was so just drained from, I mean, I literally crashed as soon as I walked out of there. But these people come up to me at the end and they go, honey, we know that you were obviously given some wrong information when you walked in and you were talking about the wrong stuff. But man, we've never seen somebody recover so well from something so bad. And I was like, hey, thank you. Thank you. I think. Uh, yeah. I and guess. then all these people are like, will you speak at our event? And I was like, hell no, I will not speak at your event. <laughs> <laughs> I'm done. My public speaking days are done. But yeah, you, you know, to your point, like the corporate world, um, especially, I don't care if it's Disney, I don't care if it's Warner Brothers, I don't care what company it is, there's always going to be the mundane and the stuff that you don't want to deal with involved in that. And so, you know, you have to go in with that mindset. So fast forward, I don't mean to keep talking about it, I was just going to tell you my journey and how I kind of got to where I am now. Yeah. Fast forward to, you know, I was there a couple years, did it, did everything, loved it, had a great team, amazing, amazing. I loved Cirque. It was awesome, awesome, awesome. But again, to my point earlier, I kind of got to a point where I was like, okay, what's next? Because honestly, like, I'm not challenged anymore and I don't do well when I'm not challenged. So said it out loud. I don't know if Cirque is the right place for me anymore. I don't know if it's the right place. Maybe two months later, Cirque went through a huge round of like layoffs. They had to lay off about six or 700 people nationwide, worldwide. Wow. And my position in a restructuring process was eliminated as part of that. So inadvertent way, I kind of was like, I don't really want to be here anymore. Thank you. I'll go. You know, <laughs> That backfired in a good, in a good way. In a good way. Hey, I was like, I got what I asked for, which was totally fine with me. So I was given the opportunity to kind of consult on my own and do my own thing for a minute. Because I mean, at this point, like, Seriously, Grant, like if you're at a Cirque du Soleil or a Disney, where do you go from there? You don't right, unless right. you move or you like go work for the Queen of England. Like, I don't know where you go. Like and in the entertainment industry, they are the pinnacle. And I had worked with both. I had worked with Disney through Cirque du Soleil and had ran marketing for Cirque. Like, what do you do from there? You don't. You don't do anything. And in Vegas, I wasn't willing to move. I wasn't going anywhere. So I was like, well, what am I going to do next? I'm going to do my own thing. So how long so, are you doing consulting? Well, I've been do I did it for about a year and then I got a call from um the Jabberwockies. I don't know if you know who they are, the the ABDC America's Best Dance Crew winners season 1. They wear the white masks and white gloves and they're the anonymous dancers essentially. Yeah. Um hip hop crew. Incredible guys, incredible crew. They called me and they said, listen, we just let our manager go. We've never been organized as a business. We need your help and we'd love for you to come on board and uh, as VP of marketing and help us shape our voice, our brand, our business, help, help, help. And I was like, uh, I really want to go back to corporate, man. I've been doing this like consulting thing for a little while and I'm kind of liking it. But their appeal was so strong and they really pulled on my heartstrings in that I just so believe in their message and what they do and having that dance background for me it just really, really touched right exactly to where I wanted it to. So I put consulting on hold and I said, absolutely, I'll come on board. I would love to help you guys. And uh, started back with them just a few months. Uh, I guess it's been longer than a few months. In February of this year, started with them and just kind of hit the ground running. And it was a unique experience because it wasn't Cirque. It wasn't organized. They, they had never even, like, they didn't even have, like, titles set up for people. They didn't even have insurance set up or any, like, payroll systems, nothing. It just was, like, basic stuff. bare bones. Yeah. 
So what was it about them though that, that pulled you in? Cause you said their, their message, but at the end of the, like they're dancing. So what is it that's yeah. like, like it resonates with you just from a dance standpoint, but what was it that you're like, man, I don't want to go back to that corporate world, but yeah. this sounds really, really appealing and intriguing. And you went from a 900 pound gorilla to a mm -hmm. small mom and yeah. operation trying to figure out what the heck they're doing. So what was it that exactly. drew you in? You know, a couple things. So I've been a fan of theirs for years. I watched them on America's Best Dance Crew. They're no small pup in the industry in terms of their audience. They've got 5 million Facebook fans. They've got 400,000. I don't even know how many Twitter fans. So they had a brand and a presence and a following like no other. And their fans are beyond loyal. They're not like fly by night. Oh, we saw the show in Vegas. Now we're boning out. No, these are people who have followed them and who know their names and the life and the kids names and the, they are just extremely ultra loyal. So that intrigued me, their fan base, their loyalty with their fans. And also that they want to do good through dance. You know, like the, the whole point in them creating the mask was to give anonymity, to make you force you fo to focus on the art and not focus on the person doing the art. So I really thought that was an incredible message. And some of the stuff we talked about, which was like, they want to spread their message to kids and teach kids to stay off the streets. And th there was just a lot of like community aspect to what they do. Plus it was a new realm, right? I was going to be able to possibly build a brand to the size of Cirque du Soleil or Disney starting from the beginning, essentially. They've been doing it six, seven years, but they really hadn't like completely exposed and if put the efficiencies behind their brand and what they were doing in their operations to really take it to the next level. And I knew I could do that with them. Yeah. And you're there for what, like a little less than a year now? Yeah, a little less than a year. I was at the point to where, you know, the company's had some shifts and some changes since I've been there. I absolutely adore the guys. Again, all the things that made me sign on. What happened to me, Grant, really was that I kind of learned like the hard lesson of Lacey, when the universe gives you a chance to do what you're meant to do, which to me is to be an entrepreneur and to work for myself and to work with many clients, not just one, you've got to listen. So I kind of pushed the gift of the universe giving me that chance back in its face to go work for Jabba's. But it was fine because I learned a ton of new lessons and I met a ton of new people and I would never change it for the world. But as I'm working with the Jabba's, I'm going, man, I sure do miss having like a, you know, five or six clients to work with rather than just one. Like I just missed being on my own. So in that process, I met my partner, Chris Cerrone. I'm doing the podcast with him now, the Cerrone Show, CerroneShow.com, if you want to check us out. I did all of those things in the midst of me working with these guys. I started a hand-dyed yarn business with some girlfriends of mine that's booming. A so like, whoa, whoa, whoa. A what? Yeah, a yarn business. I'm a knitter. I'm, my mom owns a knit shop. In Are town. you serious? You didn't it's, even tell me anything yeah. about this. I know I didn't. I didn't mention it. But like I've, I've started being an entrepreneur, a true entrepreneur in the last eight or nine months. And so as much as I love those guys and I want to help them, they're not quite ready for what I can do for them. And I don't know that I'm quite ready to do that anymore. I think I really just came very clear. I need to focus on my amazing new cool yarn business that we're about to launch. I need to focus on this amazing podcast. And then I've got the Next Level Society, which is our business coaching thing. And then of course, I've got my main thing, which is the consulting, which is what I was missing the most. So yeah. I'm a little bit busy, Grant, just a little bit. Just a little bit, but you make time for us. So I, you know, I think I that's did. a great, I think that's a great point though, that, you know, from the outside looking in, you've got a great gig with, with either Cirque or with the Jabberwockies. I mean, they're from, sure. if you want to be in the entertainment world and Vegas is the capital of that, and you're at the top of the game in terms of marketing, what's mm -hmm. not to like. And so to go from that to, yeah, but I still want to do my own deal and I want to be a consultant. And I've got this yarn thing over here on the side, mm -hmm. which yeah. again, it's just this all over the map 
map trajectory of to where you are today. But I think it's just important for people to realize, like, you know, your your path is never very linear. It's never like logical of, well, I did this and then it naturally led to this and it naturally sure. led to this. And that's, it doesn't always operate like that. It's like sometimes it's I'm at the top of my game in the entertainment world. And now I'm going to start a yarn business and it's going to, and, uh, you know, like, I don't say that like in a negative way at all. Like, no, I it's just, think, just funny. It's uh, funny. You know, I think that's a, I think it's a good thing to, you know, to be able to realize like, man, I'm all over the map. But for the season, the entertainment world was great. It was a great fit. Yeah. Loved it. Learned a lot. Learned a ton. I would never give it back. I would never give it back. I covet all of those things that I came out of that world with because that is what's given me the confidence to go and do my own thing. And, and yeah, it feels like I'm all over the map, but not to me because I know each and every pocket of what I'm doing means something and, and fulfills something that I'm needing at this moment in my life. And to be honest with you, what really happened was I finally said to myself, yes, Lacey, you are good enough. You are an entrepreneur. You are worthy of more and you need to be able to be your own boss so that you can do a yarn business if you feel like it. You can do uh, a new podcast if you feel like it, etc. So there's just so much that I have to give and that I want to do. And some people may look at it as, man, she's all over the place. She's going to burn herself out and all that. Yeah. And all those conversations are happening and it's fine. But I have business partners in every one of my ventures for a reason, because I know I can't do it on my own. And I know that I'm better when I work with people. And so if I don't have a corporate world to work with and a corporate team to work with, like I used to love doing there, I'm going to create my own little corporate world over here, but do it the way I want to do it, which I love. I'm really, really having a good time. How does someone who may be listening to this get to a point where they can give themselves permission to explore and to try and to experiment and to try a couple of different things that may be outside of the norm of what the prescribed path would be? That's a really, really, really great question. I got to be honest, you know, the one thing that finally flipped the switch for me, because for many years I used to go, I'd love to be an entrepreneur. I'd love to be an inventor. I'd love to be a this. I'd love to be a that, a business owner. But I never believed that I knew how to do it. I had a picture in my mind of what that was and it wasn't me. And so I had to start, I start erasing what that picture was. And the only way I could do it truly was to start interacting with people who were doing exactly what I thought I should do or wanted to do. Surrounding myself with other like-minded people, entrepreneurs, people that are just trying, people are just you know, dipping their toe in the water, people that have been in it for years, that giving yourself shades and layers of experience and surrounding yourself with it um, and just listening and asking questions and being part of the conversation and sharing your fears and your thoughts and being open and transparent with those people. It's the only thing that worked for me. I finally was around enough people that didn't fit that quote picture in my mind that I had for so many years of what an entrepreneur was or what a business owner was. They didn't fit that mold. And so I saw enough of those people not fitting that mold but yet they were still doing it for it to erase what I had in my mind and replace it with an image of possibly me, you know? Yeah, totally. So let's backtrack a little bit. So whenever you're getting started with Cirque and even when you're transitioning with Java, for someone that may be listening to this, I know we got a lot of people that are interested in the entertainment industry and they're trying to figure out how do I, like you're saying, mm -hmm. a dream job like Cirque or Disney or sure. Warner Brothers or any of them. If you're one of the 250 people sitting in the room following along with your made up conversation and presentation, like what do you say to people that are interested in getting into the entertainment world? You know, I'd say... As I would say about any industry, not just the entertainment world, do your research. Don't be afraid to put your neck out there and just ask for time from people that are already doing it because that'll really help you understand if that's the industry and the job and the style 
of a life that you want to live or not. So what I used to do when I was working at, uh, at the casino business and I wanted to go over to the casino manufacturing business, the people who made the slot machines is before I went and did that, I was just emailing random people that I would either meet at a trade show or that I would find on LinkedIn or that whatever, and just asking for 20 minutes of their time and taking them to coffee and just saying, Hey, here's what my experience is. I'd really like to get into this world. And I'm just wondering if you could give me your input on what your thoughts are about the industry and what's the best way to break in. Not only will that help you get a real clear picture of what it's going to look like, hopefully if that person's willing to share with you and be transparent, but also you've now got a connection. And really in the entertainment industry, who you know and who you're connected to plays a very, very, very big role. It's a very small industry. Everybody knows everybody. And it's a lot of like, I was there, now I'm here. And then I was there. And like a lot of people have worked at almost every main company. So I don't want to say that and deter anybody who wants to get in. There is a possibility to come in. I was fresh in. I brought two or three people in that had never been in entertainment before while I was there on purpose because I wanted new and fresh perspective. And also just continuously do your research and get involved and volunteer and do things that get you around those people, but also around that industry. Because if you're in it, you'll A, see if you like it or B, make the right connection to get you through the door. Yeah. Gotcha. Okay. I reach out to some people. I start to kind of figure out what it is that I want to do. What were you thinking whenever you were first getting rolling of within the entertainment space? There's so many different opportunities there. I mean, obviously it sounds like growing up, you spent the bulk of your time on stage and performing. Uh, And so what was it about the behind the scenes? Because even behind the scenes, there's so many different types of roles that you could do. So how do you kind of hone in on what's a good fit for you? You know, I think it's important to look at not only what your experience is, but what you want to do. Like, so, or or really where your strengths lie. Because what I've often seen is people think, I want to be a costumer for Cirque du Soleil. And what they don't realize is being a costumer means you're sewing buttons that fell off and you're re implementing zippers and you're washing clothes most of the time. You're not designing costumes, you know? So glamorous. Yeah, I know. Right. So look at your look at your strengths and really be honest with yourself about where can I apply my strengths and help the industry? Not Don't go into it selfishly thinking, well, how can this fit me and how can this be the best for me? You have to look at what you can do for that industry to get your foot in. And then what I highly recommend is just get your foot in the door for wherever you are today. Don't try to find that dream job on your first step through the door, because eventually what's going to happen is you're going to get in and go, oh, my God, I didn't even know they did this outreach program with kids for circus arts. And I've known that I would have applied for that, but I'm so glad I know now because when I do apply, now I know the methodology. I know the people in the department. I know how to get in. I know what they're working on and I know I can apply myself. Coming into the dream job from an internal perspective is always going to give you an advantage versus some newbie from the outside in. So get your foot in the door wherever you are. If you have the ability to go in and be a stagehand or an electrician or um, someone that can like I said, sew buttons and replace zippers, then do it. Get in on that level. But the minute you get in, learn as much as you can about your current job, but always keep your eyes and ears open and always try to do cross training and cross conversation with other departments in other areas so that you can start to figure out where it is you really want to go and be. What's something cool that goes on behind the scenes at Cirque or Jabba that nobody would know? Oh man, there's, um, so at Jabberwocky is one of my favorite things. Um, and it's probably cause I'm a total fan girl and that's okay. I'm going to be fine <laughs> and open about it. Um, Let it out. Let it, this is a safe place. Do, exactly. Right. So I'm totally, if you can't hear it in the way I speak, if you look at a photo of me, you're going to know I'm not hip hop. Right. And they are totally 
hip hop. I'm about the whitest girl you're going to meet. I try to sound cool, try to sound da da da, but I am just straight up white bread. That's all I am. I I feel love... like if I could wear the mask, that yeah. that would work really, really well for me and my uh, you would lack look like of Kevin dance moves. With the mask on. That's bro. all I need. That's all. Nobody <laughs> needs to know. It's they just like that guy does not belong, but we don't know who he is. Yeah. So that would that would be good for my self esteem. I think you should do it. I do. I, I'm going to bring you a mask next time I see you for sure. But my favorite thing with these guys is they do a lot of like pre-warm-up, pre-rehearsals. They call them ciphers. They're kind of like dance battles before the show starts that they do on stage, out of costume, just so everybody gets warmed up and vibed. And what's really, really cool is there's music, loud music, the lights are on, and you can go and just sit and watch this if you want. And they all try out new tricks and new head spins and new this and new that on stage. And they're all rooting for each other and like wanting each other to, oh man, you almost landed. To that that's great you know it's just such a community thing that i i never knew existed in the hip-hop world i just didn't even though i've watched break in and break in two and all these old movies about break dancing i never <laughs> grasped how much of a community feel it has with it and so that was always my favorite that nobody really even knows happens is like while you're waiting in line outside to get in with your popcorn and your drink they're inside on stage like doing these ciphers getting all sweaty all of them wearing like their total hip-hop gear doing their thing and man it was so cool. It was so cool to A, see them push each other to do better and do new tricks and do cool things. But also like they'd invite me up sometimes and be like, now you do it. You know, so that was always really, really cool that they were all good about engaging with anybody that wanted to be up there. Well, I like what you alluded to there that that there's both a positive and a negative side of not knowing what you're getting into. Like whenever you were saying, you know, I would love to be a costume designer for Cirque, you know, if someone were thinking that, like you don't know the unglamorous side of it. But then at the same yeah. time, you don't know the cool opportunity behind yeah. it. You know, you got into working with Java for one reason, but then you get into it and you're like, wow, there's this whole community feel and this vibe. And they invited mm -hmm. me on stage and I was so out of place, but yeah. I didn't know like <laughs> Listen, this. Was... I wasn't that out of place. <laughs> okay, I know how to dance. <laughs> yeah, uh, I would be way more out of place than anybody. We need to get a Sarone up there and he and I can yeah. have a dance battle. That would be... Uh, horribly awkward for everybody but just going into it like you didn't know that was part of the cool side of it but you try it and it's like wow that really fit another thing i really liked about sounds like from your journey is you've tried a bunch of different things like you worked in some major major corporations in the gaming world and even at Cirque, you know you're a high level executive in a huge monstrosity of an organization and then you go to java which is again kind of like a small mom pa operation mm -hmm. to totally. then going to doing your own deal so it sounds like you learned a lot from each of those types of environments which were all completely opposite of each other yeah, you know, I think the best part about my career experience, you know, there, there's a lot of great parts and there's a lot of not great parts, but I would never change any of it because it really did truly teach me the lessons I needed to learn about what I'm willing to put up with and what I'm not, what I'm willing to do for the future and what I'm not, and also the type of people that I need to be around in order to thrive. So I think the biggest lesson that I took away from every opportunity, I even worked for the guy that's founded and invented Priceline.com at one point in time. Like that's mm. the variety that I got going on on my resume, right? So go. like all these people, all this, it's a, the, what I finally learned the most was, was my connections with people and what I learned from the people around me versus the actual job and the doing of the job was, has been by far the most amazing tool to build upon what I need to do moving forward. No. So moving forward, you're doing more of the consulting stuff and are you working primarily with in the entertainment space or what are you doing now? 
You know, it's funny you asked that. I just, uh, the Jabberwockies were going to be my first client. I had a conversation with them and said, listen, guys, I'm kind of doing my own thing. I kind of, I love you, but I need to move on. I love you, blah, blah, blah. They said, well, you know, why don't we have you be a consultant for us then? That way you're not gone and we still get the pleasure of working with you, but you can go and do your own thing. Initially, I said yes. And then I kind of slept on it, talked to my husband, talked to my friends, talked to my partners. And it just really, at that point in time, it hit me that in order for me to move and grow, I really need to a clean start. So I called the guys and graciously declined the offer and just said, listen, I would love to talk to you in six months, but I need the next six, eight months to like start fresh. And I need something new to work on rather than the stuff that's just easy. And it's no challenge to me, you know? So I'm not working with any entertainment clients at this moment. I am working with several different industries. Mainly my my main focus is... uh, you know, I'm trying to help businesses figure out how to better organize themselves, how to be more efficient, and also how to set up a strategy behind their branding, their marketing, their social media, all of those things. Sometimes I'm just literally like, if they don't have access to the right photographers or my network of people that I have that can do the stuff they need to get done, website and da 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 all this stuff, then I'm their connector and that's my role. So I've got a couple clients now that are working really well with me. They love the back and forth we're doing. I'm Actually, Chris and I are taking on a client together. My partner and I are taking on a client together. We're going to be in Boston and New York over the next week doing some work out there with our clients. So, But all of them are from different industries. And I just think that's really important. And that's what I miss the most when I decided, oh, my gosh, no wonder I'm so blah. It's because I don't have the diversity in my life that I need in order to stay excited about what I'm doing. And the diversity, I think, firmly believe comes from different industries. Yeah, good stuff. And I know yeah. uh, I was actually interviewed uh Pre Lacey days on the uh, Saron show. I know, uh, I also, missed it. I oh. had to look it up. It was episode 48. So we'll link nice. up to that in the show notes there. But uh, dig what you guys are doing. So if people want to listen to you, uh, listen, we were talking about this offline. We got to get you on the marquee there. We can't just <laughs> be know. the Saron show. It's so, the Saron show. For right, now. I'll talk to Chris and we'll, we'll pull some strings, see what we can make happen for okay. you. But, but if we want to listen to more about you and people that you are interviewing, where can we go? Saroneshow.com is where everything is. If you want to hit me on Twitter or Instagram and say hi, it's Lacey, L-A-C-I, Vegas. Beautiful. Sounds good. We will find you there. So Lacey, thanks for the time. Really enjoyed the chat. We'll catch you soon. Awesome. Thanks so much. Right, there you go. Hope you enjoyed that chit chat with Lacey Ursioli. As always, you can go to grantbaldon.com slash Lacey dash Ursioli, L A C I dash U R C I O L I Ursioli. So stop by, check that out. You can go see all of the show notes, links, everything that we discussed there. You can also check out that interview that I did on their show, The Sarone Show. Uh, you can find a link to that there as well. But loved what she talked about just getting into the entertainment industry that you just you start somewhere. And you just kind of roll with what comes at you. One of the other things that we talked a little bit about there at the end that I really liked was she tried a bunch of different types of environments. You know, tried some big corporate stuff, some small corporate stuff, uh, and then now kind of doing her own deal. And I think that's important for people to realize, like, you don't necessarily know coming out of the gate what's going to make the most sense, what's going to be the best possible fit for you. And so here's someone who tried a few different things to figure out, you know what, I really like working on my own. I really like doing the solopreneur thing. And, you know, from the outside looking in, you know, there are different opportunities and options 
questions that sounded cool, but she didn't know until she got into it and tried something to determine if it made the most sense for her. So I'd encourage you for you, try different environments. Figure out, do you like working with a lot of people? Do you like flying solo? Do you like working where there's a lot of activities or would you rather work on one project? So different types of pros and cons both ways. Everybody's wired differently, but spend the time to determine what makes the most sense for you. Hey, one more time, I wanted to remind you about that free webinar we are doing next Tuesday, December the 2nd. Make sure that you are a part of that. Can't wait to share some knowledge biscuits with you on just discovering, determining your passion and how that applies to your career. So we're going to be spending a lot of time on that. Again, that's totally free, but you do have to register. You can go to grantbaldon.com slash webinar. Again, grantbaldon.com slash webinar. Now, one other thing I've been telling you, We've been doing a bunch of different giveaways lately, uh, getting into the holiday spirit, and uh, Santa is coming early for all of you boys and girls. So we've been giving away a lot of stuff, and as you also know, we've been working on this course for the past several months that uh, we are putting the finishing touches on. The paint is drying. It's about ready to uh, show off to the world, and super, super pumped about it, really, really excited about it. I know it's going to help so many people. We've already had a group of people that have gone through it all. I've just heard some great, great feedback, some great testimonials I can't wait to share with you of how the course is impacting their world, helping them find and do work they love, really evaluate and determine what it is that they are wired best to do in terms of their work. So excited to share with that, that with you. But one of the things that we are doing is the course will be coming out very, very soon, but you could get a sneak peek because we're going to be giving away a free lifetime membership to the course to someone. So if you would like to register to win a, a lifetime membership to Clarity Course, you can go to grantbaldoncom slash giveaway. Again, that's grantbaldoncom slash giveaway. So again, if you're interested in this at all, don't miss out on this. You register for your chance to win. We know that this could really make a big difference in your world. If you are tired of Monday mornings, if you dread Monday mornings, if you hate Sunday nights knowing that Monday is coming, this course is for you. So excited to, uh, to bring that to you. Again, uh, make sure you register for that webinar, grantbaldon.com slash webinar, and register for the giveaway, grantbaldon.com slash giveaway. All right. I think that wraps up episode 57. Thanks for hanging out with us, boys and girls. We'll be coming at you on Thursday, Thanksgiving Day. So between now and then, get your sweatpants on because we got some turkey to eat, my friends. And yeah, we got some goodness to share with you. So we will talk to you then. You're awesome. Thanks for listening to the How Did You Get Into That podcast with Grant Baldwin. Don't forget to visit grantbaldwin.com for all the show notes and links discussed in today's episode. We'll see you next time.